Esports is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the future marketing in esports. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the future of marketing in esports. As always, I'm your host, Rebecca Longoa. And with me today as my guest is my good friend, Peter Young. Peter is the founder of the Minnesota Esports Club. Welcome, Peter, to the, to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's good to, good to be here. Good to chat with you. Thanks for being on. We met. I always like to like tell my audience how I know people and how we've met. So we met in real life at that esports gathering in North Loop in Minneapolis, right? Is that where yeah, we Yeah, I think we went to Red Rabbit. I think that was the first place we met or it was at the that self-serve brewery. It was one of the two. It was a self-serve brewery. Yep. Okay. Minnesota has one of the highest concentration of microbreweries in the United States. And fun fact, fun fact. And that was really cool. We have to do those again. I was just talking to someone else in esports in the Twin Cities and we were like, we need to bring the community back together of everybody involved in gaming and esports in the Twin Cities. And now that the weather's getting better, start doing those uh, those meetups. I'm was- glad you mentioned that. We're actually talking about that right now. I was uh, speaking with Greg about it. And we want to do a, I guess this is a good place to talk about it. We're going to yeah. do like a, we're thinking sometime in May, late May, okay. we're going to do a big esports gathering at the Plymouth Mech location. We're going to host a big barbecue. Gonna have, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have, you know, our big table tents that cover up the tables. We'll be grilling out. We'll do tours of our Plymouth facility. And we want to get, you know, the, the OG esports group, everyone that was getting together beforehand yeah. and then invite anyone else in the area that wants to kind of learn more about esports. And then we'll also do it as a small fundraiser for Minnesota Esports Club, the awesome 501c3 nonprofit in the state of Minnesota. So it'd be a kind of knockout many birds with one stone. Okay, so if you're listening and you live in the Twin Cities area and you're esports curious and listen to this podcast and are here to learn and you want to meet the best of the best in of what, you know, what everybody's doing in this market from, I mean, we've got people in our community on the retail side of gaming. We've got esports orgs, uh, gamers, streamers, you know, content creators, and I mean, beyond, right? So if you want to come do a shout out to me or Peter. We will get you on the list. We'll keep you in the loop. That's awesome, Peter. That's going to be so fun. That's what I was saying. We figured everyone would really like it. And and then, you know, using Mecca is kind of like that center of, you know, bringing everyone together. It's, it's so awesome, you know, because we're kind of in the middle of everything. We don't step on anyone's toes and everyone can kind of learn from what we're doing and what everyone else is doing. In the space. Yeah. So, so tell me what is the Minnesota Esports Club and, and who do you guys serve? So we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you check us out in the database, we're actually Wyzetta Esports Club, DBA, Minnesota Esports Club. And there's a long story to that, and I'm happy to kind of go into that later. But for now, what we do is we service, you know, youth in the state of Minnesota through esports. And we provide our services to parks and recs, community centers, community organizations, and schools. And what we do is if you already have an esports program and you need additional coaching or community management, we're here to support that. 
if you don't have any of that, we'll build it from the ground up. We'll help you secure sponsors and fundraising initiatives to get the equipment in said facilities that you want to build. We'll we'll help you find transportation means to get you out to our locations that we currently have, like our Plymouth location, uh, right off of 55 and Industrial Park Boulevard and have your group or your kids actually participate at our at our facility and then on top of that all the kids that are part of minnesota esports club get access to coaching and community management and streaming initiatives as well so like if kids want to like get into content creation they can ask questions if kids want to you know get better at their respective title like for example rocket league we have coaches that will support them in those individual game titles and that's what separates us from traditional uh, school programs because normally it's like one educator that has to support every kid that they have in their program and they could have upwards of like 70 plus kids and what we do is we actually we hire individuals that specialize in each individual game title so that those kids can get the best coaching possible so you're reaching students high school middle school or uh, middle school to high school age that's a great question okay. as well and then we are considering elementary as well for certain areas that we work with it's just it's a lot of work they need a lot more support so we would want them whoever we work with that wants elementary youth to have a facility where we can actually invite kids to come and we work with them on site and then do the kids are they members individually or are they through like an existing school program how does that work like if a parent is listening and they're like i want my kid to get involved do they have to go through the school system or through a community edge type of a program or can they just reach out directly Okay. These are some amazing questions. I wish parents asked these questions. (laughs) Uh, That was really, so the biggest thing is, yes, think of us like a gym membership. You could, any individual that meets the criteria to sign up for Minnesota Esports Club, which being us, you know, anywhere from middle school to high school age youth currently right now can sign up right on our website. It's just like a gym membership and they get three month access to the services that Minnesota Esports Club provides. So again, the coaching, content creation, uh, access to the events that we host, all that stuff. And uh, if they already have a program, right, there's certain instances where like City of Maple Grove actually pays for their community to join. So they'll actually pay for, let's say, 30 kids to sign up for their program. And now they're offering it for free for that community. And we just give them voucher codes to sign up on our website. And then they get full access to all of Mech services. That's super cool. You know, as you know, my son Roman is a gamer, but he does school from home. We're not, we're not tied to a school district. We're using an all online virtual Academy called connections Academy. Okay. I I feel like that would be really awesome for that type of a school to be able to offer to their Minnesota students, you know, cause it's very disjointed and with how completely engaged kids are in gaming. That, that's that's really cool. I I might send your information over to that school program and see if there's good synergies there and a way for them to get that information in front of those students and those families. Because we're always looking for things that Roman can do. Obviously, he's like super outgoing. So he has a, a lot of core friends and he's a skateboarder. So he's like out of the house a lot, connecting with kids in that space. But it'd be really cool to have the ability to, to, to bring him to bring him in and actually meet some of his classmates that he only sees virtually, you know? 
Exactly. You know, that that's the best part about what we do is like, for example, the school could get on board, right? And they want to do an esports program. And if they want support, they can work with us. Or if the kids see that that's a barrier to entry, because some schools have different processes of getting started, they can actually just take all their friends and come join Mech and we'll build a team for them. We'll get them a logo. We'll get their jerseys created. We'll get them coaches. Like it, these are all the things that we do to help make them successful. And it's kind of how we started our journey ourselves when we were just wise out of. Yeah. So tell me about that. So you were an educator at Wyzetta School District and you've built out their esports club, correct? Yes. I was actually a paraprofessional. I was actually a hall monitor. I worked in the hallway with the kids um, all the time. I was dealing with either from disciplinary to just hanging out and having a good time with them. And then I I later moved into uh, special education as well. But, you know, long story short, you know, I always wore like gaming t-shirts and all that stuff. And the kids approached me, they said, Hey, Mr. Young, like, would you be interested in like supervising our gaming club? And it it just started up as like uh, League of Legends and Super Smash Bros. So we'd meet in the lunchroom, the kids would be playing Smash and all that stuff. And we knew we could do more. So then we found the high school esports league and uh, they're a nationally held uh, competition here in the United States and uh, great to work with. And that was the first competition we, um, we played in and our league of legends team in 2018 during the winter season won the national championship title. So this was huge for us. It's kind of like changed the whole way we thought about. Yeah. You know, put you on the map. I remember that's right around the time I probably met you or maybe yeah. right after that. Yeah. Cause um, you, you shared our post and, and then you hit me up and asked how you could help. And you've been a great help ever since. Thanks, Peter. I was going to ask you about the difference between an an esports team and an esports club within the school systems. What are the differentiations in that? That is a really good question as well. So how we're doing it. So we have a, you know, a really nice partnership with, you know, the Minnesota Varsity League where they allow our kids to play in their competition and we're not a school, right? But what we do is we actually verify what school those kids go to if they don't have a program, they're not a school that we're partnered with. And then we either like collect their ISD emails, which confirm that they're a student, or we collect their addresses and find out that, okay, they live in this school district. So they could play for, let's say Hopkins, for example. And now they can make a Hopkins esports team, or in this case, Maple Grove, you know, Maple Grove can make a Maple Grove esports team because they are all in this area. So that's the best part about it is the and same with the high school esports league they also allow us to do the same thing because we lessen the barrier to entry because if the school isn't on board or they don't have a supervisor that kind of wants to support esports we can step in and be that you know that support system for them that's great because you know historically what we see is a trend not only in the high school space but also in the collegiate market is schools that have a higher amount of funding are the ones that are that have the ability to build out these formalized programs in their schools so by creating a nonprofit you really are removing that barrier to entry for kids in any district in in any neighborhood literally 100% and i kind of want to highlight our you know our our title partnership that kind of changed the way we actually offer our services which is with Phyllis Wheatley Community Center I've had the pleasure of working with Suzanne Burks there. She's the executive director. And what they have done is they actually, you know, pay for kids to join Minnesota Esports Club and have access to those services. And they've partnered with North High School. And what we're doing is actually building out a facility in North High School for those kids. So anybody that's a part of Phyllis Wheatley, anybody that goes to North and any surrounding schools will actually be able to go 
to that facility, get access to mech services and participate in esports. And they otherwise didn't have these opportunities. Yeah, I love that. Years ago, I mean, I'm talking like 15, 15, 20 years ago. It was a really long time. I'm very old. I remember going with David Sherman from the NBA was shooting an activation. Well, really, it was like an unveiling of the computer center at North High School that Kevin Garnett's nonprofit that he owned. Um, and this was so great about ever being able to be blessed enough to work um, with and around Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett funded the build out of an entire computer center when, you know, most of the schools already had them, but North didn't have it. And it's so great to see intentional action around giving access to kids who don't normally have it. So it's really cool that you guys are kind of bringing it now. What's that next generation look like, right? What's this next generation of needs, which putting in um, a line of sight for these kids to be able to have access, to be able to game together uh, is just it's phenomenal. I love it. Congrats. Bravo. No, thank you. The, the biggest thing that I like to highlight that I think is overlooked a lot is the accessibility of esports. So it's two things. One, it can be not accessible via the fact that you don't have the equipment. You know, you might not have the stuff to do it. On top of that, it's also very accessible for kids who normally, let's say they only, you know, they only play traditional sports all their life or they've never played a traditional sport all their life. Now they're actually having the opportunity to know what it's like to be coached and whatnot. And then the best part about it all, uh, kids who normally didn't activate in those type of activities, maybe they suffer from a disability. Maybe they, you know, they have a learning disability. They could have a physical disability. But the best part is with esports, you can kind of just get involved in many ways, shape or form, as long as you have the equipment and the space to to do it. So being accessible, I mean, we have kids that, you know, suffer from autism. We also have accessibility for kids who maybe ha- are like quadriplegic or anything along the lines. Like thanks to Microsoft, they actually have an adaptive controller where we can program and make it so that if they normally couldn't hold the controller in their hands, we can find a new way to make them use it for any uh, body parts that they actually can move and have access to. So like it, it just makes it otherwise like those kids couldn't play basketball. Right. But guess what? Now they can game. So it's just giving, making them more inclusive and bringing them a part of the community. I love that. You touched super briefly on one thing that I want to go back to is the types of students who maybe without this opportunity in gaming would never be a part of a team or a club because traditional sports maybe hasn't been their vibe, right? Yeah. You know, there's a ton of data and statistics out there that show that when you're involved in some type of an organized activity after school, your graduation rate is higher, your likeliness to go to college is higher or a trade school is higher. You've got, you know, better communication skills, you know, really in parallel with so many things that align with like why gaming is so great for kids, right? They're more, they're, they're more creative. They're more communicative. They're, you know, obviously more, more social. They're more likely to be a leader, like being able to build those skills and, and have the opportunity for these kids to have that sense of community is quite powerful. I I mean, I, I really believe like, you know, it goes back to like your mission and what the, you know, the, the change that you're trying to make in the world. And 
I want you to share with me, like, how are you, what are you seeing when it comes to some of the students that you're working with? Um, are there examples or any tangible things that you're really noticing in how these kids are engaging, not only with each other, but like school performance, et cetera? Yeah. So to speak on kind of like the friendship thing, I think that's one of the biggest parts about this. I saw kids who were generally introverted, didn't really socialize much. They kind of stuck to their normal group of friends that they normally hung out with before gaming. Mm-hmm. And then they met people that they never thought they would meet. And I've seen these guys become best friends and I won't name drop anything, but I've just seen kids who normally never would have hung out with each other now become best friends going into college from, you know, maybe their sophomore or freshman year of high school. It's just an amazing journey to kind of watch that. Again, when you see an introvert, they normally have a lot of extrovert tendencies when they're around people who share like-minded interests. And almost every news interview I've done, every podcast, every interview, I always highlight this because you you see introverted kids become so much more extroverted when they get to share these interests with people they 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 otherwise never would have thought to to hang out with. And then on the educational side, the best part is attendance rates are going up, GPAs are going up, uh, and this is across the board. This isn't even just for Minnesota Esports Club. Across the board na- nationally, like this is what you know the statistics are showing. If you check the Varsity Esports Foundation, they actually have a lot of amazing information kind of highlighting um, these things, and we're partnered with them thanks to Bubba Gator, a great guy to work with regards to the statistics of esports. So it's really having just such a strong impact, I think stronger than what anyone ever thought was. And then the best part is gaming is the number one activity that relates to this generation more than any other activity nowadays. Yeah. So. I read 87% of Gen Z play video games That's huge. and identify as gamers. Like that's pretty major, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about how you are getting the word out. I'd, I'd love to learn not only how are you getting the word out to, you know, the educators and parents and the kids, like I'd love for you to dive into a little bit of marketing tactics. And maybe that comes down to some of these partnerships as well. But then I kind of want to talk about broad long-term partnerships and securing fundraising and, you know, your nonprofit, like, can we chat about those things a bit? Yes, a hundred percent. So now I think we can always do a better job marketing, but When it comes to our website and search engine optimization, we're actually kind of the best. If you type in Minnesota esports in Google, we are the first thing that pops up. We pop up over the rocker. We pop up over wisdom. We pop over every major brand in the, um, you know, in the state of Minnesota. And that's because, you know, I'm also, you know, a web designer and developer and I work in e-commerce. So it was a really big thing that I thought was important when um, working in the esports space, because if people are going to find us, we want, we want to kind of be the hub of esports in the state of Minnesota for youth. And hopefully even in the future, we might do a lot of adult support. We might even sponsor semi-pro teams and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that we want to do, but right now with our current funding, we can really only support the youth in this and kind Mm -hmm. of build that grassroots path to higher education. That's our our main mission. On regards to how we further our marketing, um, we actually do leverage our partners a lot. So our the Parks and Recs that we work with will actually put us in their brochures that they send to all your homes. They will send out peach jars to families that sign up for those specific uh, activities that they do. They will post us on their Facebook or their, their website. 
And we get a lot of traction and hits from that. And then on top of that, we normally host informational meetings that they'll that they'll let the community know about so that we can educate them on all the things there is about esports because it, it's really confusing for a lot of parents who didn't really think it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. And and I think the STEM data that you talked about a little bit, well, you talked about GPA, but a lot of that is really STEM and STEAM based. I would imagine that there's a lot of ability to to start integrating brands and brand partners to support the effort that want to make these students future workers on their staff. Exactly. So what we're leveraging now, like I said, with our new business model, we have seen a lot of success in the Parks and Rec, for example, paying for their community to have mech services, right? And that's been really awesome. And some of these Parks and Recs are actually leveraging the sponsors in their community. And they're treating this as a, you know, a philanthropic effort where they're, you know, they're donating their their dollars to let kids have access to these services, which is amazing. And through that, you know, we also give them access to STEM-related activities as well through our partnership with SadieCon Labs. All Minnesota Esports Club members actually get access to a 3D game design course that we're going to be launching here pretty soon. On top of that, the some of the amazing things that we, you know, we really do is is kind of educate the community on, you know, how they're supporting that. And then for brands that really want to get involved, again, leaning back on the philanthropic effort, they're giving access to kids who normally would not have it. So it becomes a more sponsorable asset for them. Maybe they want to put their logo in our upcoming venue. Maybe they want to put their logo on our jerseys or on our website and showcase that they're a title sponsor of Minnesota Esports Club. Or in specifically, maybe let's say the the Maple Grove Esports program, where Amazon's actually made a contribution um, to support that initiative. So you're getting huge brands like that wanting to get involved in esports in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it feels like a no brainer to me. You know, like it's it's very purpose-driven and, and it is, it's a good look, right? Especially for a brand that's really interested in supporting esports and starting to be a part of the conversation. It's kind of like a very safe first step to get into space. Exactly. Cause a lot of times like a brand is looking for like a return on investment, right? In this case, this is more of like a charitable effort where like, if you get anything out of it, that's just a bonus at that point, because we will promote you as our sponsor. We will, you know, put some logos up for you wherever you want them, you know, and, but we, what we, what we hope for in this community, at least at the grassroots level is that they kind of want to see it grow and -hmm. support that and kind of be the, you know, the kickstarters of these initiatives. And how many students are you serving right now? I would say between all the parks and recs, we're serving upwards of 100 and plus kids, 150, I think, between, you know, we have kids graduating a lot. So then they drop off and become alumni is usually kind of like what changes. But we're hoping to expand that tenfold as we uh, launch this new business model across the state. And when is that happening? Our business model is actually it's it's active currently right now. We're currently in talks with contracts with multiple new parks and recs that aren't currently on our roster right now. Okay. And so for reference, we're working with Prior Lake Parks and Recreation, Bemidji Parks and Recreation, Woodbury, the City of Plymouth, City of Maple Grove, uh, City of Farmington. And we also work with Phil Sweetley Community Center. And then some community organizations that we work with are 30,000 Feet and Literacy for Freedom. So we, you know, we really open the opportunity for anyone that services a community that is looking uh, for extra activity for their community. So what's your biggest 
biggest barrier to to growth? Is it the dollars? I think it is. I think the, the biggest thing is education. If people knew what they could get out of esports, they'd probably sign up more. But the problem is sometimes parents are a barrier to entry. And I hate to kind of like rip on the parents here, but we, we do ask that they try to be more understanding of activities that their kids want to kind of transpire. And like when I grew up, you know, obviously gaming was very frowned upon and I'm 29. And a lot of these kids are still experiencing that for a lot of these, the, especially the kind of the parents that skew a little older. And what I want to say to that is if they have questions is to reach out and ask and, you know, ask us, you know, what, so we know what those barriers to entry, you know, are and how we can kind of break those down. And what I've seen is when we actually educate those parents, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know kids could get scholarships for college. It's usually a huge eye opener for them. Yeah. Well, I will say my, my aunt, um, her name's Karen. <laughs> <laughs> we were at my mom's a few weeks ago, sitting on the couch, going through old photos. I had a, a, a relative pass away. So we were like going through old photos and it was just me and my, my aunt, my mom's house doing this. And, and as we were done, we were both just kind of like relaxing and sitting there and she's on her phone and she's like playing one of those games where you have to like match up bubbles or gemstones or something. And then once you match them up that they go away and then another line falls kind of like a Tetris feel, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the game was. She sat there forever. She's like doing that, doing that. We had already talked about like what I do for work a little bit. Cause my whole family really struggles to wrap their head around what I do for a career. So I was like, Oh, so like auntie, you're a gamer. And she was like, no, I'm not. I'm like, oh, I've been watching you for like 45 minutes, play that video game on your phone. And she was like, well, that doesn't make me a gamer. I'm like, it makes you a mobile gamer. Like you're a mobile gamer. You're, you're gaming, like you're contributing to the gaming ecosystem and revenue by playing your game. Right. Like yes, it does. And that is the thing that I tell other parents that, you know, kind of have a negative connotation of gaming. It's like, you know, it's what the biggest thing about parents for me, I will just say this. And I want to like sound like a negative person, but like, We've so, so many parents, especially in my age range, right? So like the 35 to 45 year old parents have raised their children to put a device in their hand when they don't want to have to interact with their kid or don't want their kid to bother them. Like, say they're having people over at their house for a dinner party, whatever, or they're shopping at the store or they're going on a car ride. They're giving the kid the thing to do the thing, to game, to play, to interact, with technology, but, but then they talk negatively about it. Like it, it serves, it's good when it serves them personally. That's such a good point. <laughs> but they're not focused on how those things can be used for good for their actual kids. Like they don't, they look at it as a tool to serve them and not a tool that is helping their children or being a part of the process of the thing. Right. So mm -hmm. that I think is the biggest thing that that mindset needs to change around how people think about their kids interacting with, you know, iPads or console games or mobile games. It, it really needs to shift from being do this so that you're not bothering me or do this to keep yourself busy while we're doing X, Y, Z and shifting it to really leaning in and learning and sitting alongside and, and engaging with, your children while they game. That's a game changer. Like that's really the biggest shift that I think will make the largest impact is for parents to interact with their kids while they're gaming, ask them the question, you know, sit and just 
be immersed. I remember going with Roman to an Apex Legends tournament that was at US Bank Stadium during X Games that I had never watched Apex before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you know, cluing me in on strategy and what was going on and, you know, how the scoring worked and all of that. And we really had an amazing time bonding together over, obviously I love gaming, so it wasn't hard to bond over that for me. But I think any parent can, you know, be willing to sit and ask the questions and be a part of the process. Are you seeing some of your parents really getting involved or wanting to get involved? Or are you finding yourselves just educating the parents? Is there a balance? That is probably the best question that I've gotten all year. That is, it's hit or miss. Like there's parents that want to go as far as joining the Discord server that like want to know all the interactions that their kid is having in regards to gaming and making sure they're in a safe and fun environment, which we very ensure when joining Minnesota Esports Club. Now, we also are seeing instances where a lot of parents kind of use it as a daycare. And that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the, the, the disconnect that you're talking about too, where like, you know, you're, they're using this as like uh, something that supports them. It's like, oh, we don't really want to deal with them right now. <laughs> Let's have them do something that we know they love and they'll have a good time, which is good too. And then there's the parents that want to kind of know everything that's going on on regards of like, hey, when are their practices? When are their tournaments? Um, you know, uh, what other events are you going to host? I think it it's really hit or miss. There's been instances where parents have wanted a lot of education. They get what they need and then they never ask us another question again. Okay. So, so it, it's, there's really multiple sides to the spectrum when it comes, when it comes to that. But what we've noticed is the kids that have the most success here in Minnesota esports club. And I'll just speak for all coordinators in the United States in esports. If their parents support them, they have a better time. They have a higher retention rate and they're way more successful. You know, Brett Diamond at version one talks about those types of kids and like our, our pro talent at, at version one and rocker those types of parents are similar. No one had ever made this analogy to me before, but it totally makes sense. So I'm going to share it. Thank you, Brett Diamond. To like a musician, a young musician or a young actor, actress in in the entertainment field, the parents who really support their kids a unique ability like acting or maybe they're a violinist, it takes a lot of work for a parent to help their child navigate through that space. It's intentional and deliberate. It's purposeful engagement and looking for opportunities for those kids and helping them grow and learn in the space. It's very, very similar. You know, like there's parents of their pro players who have moved here. One's back home with the other kids. One's here with their pro athlete because they're very young still, just like some parents take their kid and go to Hollywood and, and, and get them into, you know, an acting career or a modeling career, you know? So I think that's a really good example. Like you do as a parent, if, especially if your kid's really interested in this competitively, it, you have to really lean in and be supportive. So I can totally see that is what you're seeing and experiencing um, at that granular level as well. hundred percent, hundred percent. I've also heard that, Kids who play video games are more likely to like start their career making like a six figure salary than an average American, which I think is a powerful stat for a parent to understand. It's huge. Yeah. Because they're more likely to do STEM based education and get a degree that centers around computing in some way, you know? Yes. And I have a really good example here and I'm, and it's okay. I name dropped this guy. This guy's Ryan Vreeland. 
And this is, he's one of the smartest young men I've ever met in my life. And he was a part of our championship League of Legends team. And he later got a full ride scholarship to Bethany Lutheran College. He is now studying, I think he's still studying computer science. But what I know he's doing is he's actually programming games on the side. He's working on a huge project right now, which I wish I could talk about, but he's working on a huge project right now. And he was like, you know, not the most fit kid. You know, I, uh, I, I when I was in working at YZ, you know, I don't recall him being all buff. The kid's working out now. He's just taking care of himself. He's getting decent grades. He's, you know, he's, he's on that path. He's, he's pursuing his path to higher education and his career path all at the same time. And it's just kind of really cool to, you know, see that and see these kids grow up in that, in that environment and really use their skill set at the highest level. That's awesome. I, I love that. It's a powerful story. You know, I, you hear all these stories about the boys and girls clubs and being involved and being involved in a YMCA. This is so much like that, right? It, you're, you really are making a massive impact here in Minnesota. You talk about other communities and national programs. Can you, do you have any overall insight as to what that national landscape is, is starting to look like and, and what's going on in other communities? Yeah, no, that is also a really good question. I think the biggest thing right now is school programs are starting to pick up traction on esports, right? And there's not a Minnesota esports club in every state. Okay. And what normally is happening is it's normally one educator that has to support all those kids. And that's where they're doing a disjustice to the kids. Because when you think about football, how many coaches are there? You know what I mean? There's a offensive coach, there's a defensive coach. There's an offensive lineman coach, a defensive lineman coach. There's a wide receiver coach. There's a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Like the list goes on. They need to treat this the same as they would traditional sports. And then you will start seeing those results in your kids when you start investing in them. As I said before, what we need to see from all these programs is either maybe Minnesota Esports Club like uh, organizations start popping up across the United States. I've got no problem with that. We just focus on Minnesota. This is something that we really care about. But what what needs to happen is these organizations are going to need to either contract out or find a way to work with an organization like us where their kids are getting coaching in each individual game title or else they're not going to be as successful. Sometimes these kids are prodigies and they don't need any coaching, but I think anyone can can get some type of support from an older peer that can be a role model for them. And I think they need that in that space. You know, they need to be led, you know, just like any other sport is the coach isn't the best person on the football field, but he helps them become men or or women, whatever that looks like. So, well, and in traditional sports, you also see seasoned people, you know, obviously I have a lot of sports analogies working in traditional sports before getting into esports, but you do notice, right? Like those more seasoned veterans on the team investing, you're not, they're not a coach, right? They're like, I would always call them like the bench coach. They're, they're players on the team, but they're seasoned and they're taking these young rookies under their wing and they're being very intentional to help them learn about sometimes, you know, the city that they just moved into and the best places to, to go and who they should be connected with and who they should avoid as well as let's work out together. Let's, get to practice early and work on this move or that move, you know, and it's not a coach. It's a, it's another, another player. Are you seeing some of those, those older competitors helping, helping the younger ones on, on your program? 
hundred percent. All of our coaches are literally either retired competitors or just high ranking in the current games that they play. And these are people that just want to give back. And on top of that, they're all volunteers. We haven't paid anyone, even myself. We all just do this to give back and all the funds go back into Minnesota Esports Club to one, keep the lights on at our Plymouth location and buy new equipment and then pay for kids who otherwise couldn't afford it. So for people who are listening to this that want to support your mission, what are the, how can they, one, just make a donation or two, from, from an in-kind perspective, what are the types of in-kind things that you guys are kind of in, in the need of all the time? We always need volunteers. That's the biggest thing. We always need volunteers. So if you specialize in any competitive game title, anything that has a scene, we probably could have a use for you. We even have like StarCraft, for example, isn't very popular with the younger generation, but we even have a StarCraft coach on our back line ready to go for whenever, you know, someone wants to play, you know, Call of Duty, Valorant, Rainbow Six, you know, Super Smash Bros, Apex, the list goes on, Rocket League, like there's so many different uh, titles, like we need support in all those. And as we continue to expand, we're going to have schools that have multiple teams or just programs that have multiple teams from those locations that are going to need multiple coaches to support them. Like, let, let's say, for example, we have YZ team, right? And they have three Rocket League teams. One coach might not be able to support all three of those teams. So we're going to want a coach to support each one of those teams. So if uh, people want to find out how to volunteer, just go right to minnesotaesports.org and um, either schedule a meeting with me. We have a Calendly link right at the bottom or fill out our contact form and let us know how you want to support. As for donations, same thing. People can go right on our website, minnesotaesports.org. And right at the top, there's a donation button and it'll take you right to our PayPal donation link. And uh, you can either donate anonymously or you can donate and let us know who you are. And we'd be happy to reach out and thank you for uh, your kind contribution. I love that, Peter. Cool. Well, I'll, I will give you um, the rest of your day. I know how crazy busy you are working full time, running this entire organization as a founder. Are you going to be at Call of Duty majors in Minneapolis at all this weekend? Yes, I am. We are canceling our Super Smash Brothers event. We always host a Super Smash Brothers tournament every two weeks or every week, my fault, every week. And because all of our staff want to go to this event, we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be doing that instead. So I'm really excited. So I'll definitely see you there. Yes. Uh, let's, let's take some time to, to, to hang out. There's some really fun stuff going on um, throughout the entire weekend. So I look forward to seeing you in real life again and catching up in person. Thanks so much for coming on, on my show. And for anybody listening that wants to help Peter's organization, go to his website. You can always reach out to me for more questions as well. Or if you want to reach out to Peter directly, you know, anyone who follows me, just send me a note, DM me, email me. Let's support this great organization. Peter, thanks for everything that you're doing for our community here in Minnesota. Thank you, Rebecca.